0: Welcome back to another Geek Explained Extra. This time we're reviewing Captain Marvel. Uh, I went and saw Captain Marvel uh, Thursday night, and I wanted to get this out before the uh, big anniversary show that we are doing, uh, probably on the same day. But I, I wanted to get this out real quick and have it be like the kind of last extra as part of Volume One. And first of all, I gotta say. God, that theme, that Captain Marvel theme is so good. Uh, we did like a little shortened uh, version of it for the intro of this episode, but you should do yourself a favor and look up the uh, full version. It kind of gives me uh, the original, what's it called? Um, oh gosh, it's, it's like the uh, Superman theme, the animated series Superman theme, which I love. And I don't know this it just hits all the right notes and maybe it's because it was trying to evoke that kind of like 90s uh, cartoon-esque uh, Soundtrack, but it just it hit all the right notes for me, but I uh, got my notes keyed up here gonna try and make this short and sweet, but first of all I uh, I just, I really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I, I know I say that a lot, about a lot, and there has been a lot of news, both good and bad, with this film, but I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time. Uh, first up on my notes, I have uh, the space stuff. So the first, I wanna say the first, like, uh, quarter of the film, where it's all just dealing with uh, Star Force, Carol running around as Veers, uh, with the Kree, them going to another planet, just exploring all of the space stuff was really cool, and I really enjoy it, and I hope that in Phase 4 we start to see more stuff in space we've seen it done well with Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, and now here but I just thought it's avenues that we don't focus as much on in the MCU, with most of our heroes being more earthbound, but it looks like we're going to be heading back out into space for Endgame, and hopefully with more uh, films for Captain Marvel, we'll be dealing with more space stuff there as well. But uh, one thing that I will say is that this kind of felt like it was the right movie at the wrong time. Uh, I've been kind of telling that to people. I really think that this feels like a phase one movie. Like, I Iron Man 1, Captain America First Avenger, first Thor movie that kind of feel where it's like we're experimenting with these characters we don't know exactly what we're going to do with them yet but we've got a good base and I really think this is what this is for Brie Larson and her version of Captain Marvel. I think it's a great start, great building blocks to build up and I think when we see Captain Marvel 2, Captain Marvel 3 we'll start to see more of those kind of uh, genre the de- stuff like we saw with Winter Soldier or Ragnarok for Thor but I really enjoyed it it again did feel like this would have fit better in phase one or maybe early on in phase two but overall I don't think that hurts the film and the film honestly is fun it's a fun ride yes we've seen certain things before the basic story structure um the snarky hero the the uh vicious villains but this had an extra boost with the 90s nostalgia uh i am a 90s kid i was born uh very early on in the 90s and i got to experience all of that uh weird fashion fun music and seeing all that stuff, seeing the blockbuster, seeing payphones, getting the 90s soundtrack, the songs that were chosen for this film, it was just fun. And I had a great time with it uh, when they kicked on Desiree's You Gotta Be. I turned over and I was just this is one of my favorite songs. Like, I love 90s music, both ironically and unironically. And hearing that song, along with others, such as uh, Man on the Moon from R.E.M., Waterfalls by TLC, we even got a little bit of uh, Crazy on You, which I don't think is technically 90s. I want to say that's mid to late 80s. But just getting all of those songs that I heard growing up was great. And I think, uh, even though it wasn't as well implemented in the uh in the film as well as like a guardians of the galaxy was i thought it was implemented pretty much just as well as it was for ragnarok where they had uh the immigration song cut in and a couple of times when no doubts i'm just a girl kicked on in this film uh I thought it was perfect I thought it was perfect so uh, let me go ahead and preface even though we're already five minutes in that uh, this will be a spoiler filled review so just be aware of that if you haven't seen the film or you don't care about spoilers uh, just be careful because there will be spoilers talked about here Uh, my next point Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. Their chemistry was fantastic. We got to see a young Nick Fury with a little bit of swagger as well as a little bit of vulnerability that we don't really see from Nick Fury nowadays. And you really get to see the building blocks getting to who he is from phase one and onward where we see at the very end when he's talking to Coulson after his eye got scratched out, uh, Coulson just being like, is it true that the scrolls burned out your eyes because you wouldn't tell them where the tesseract was? And he's just like, I will neither confirm nor deny that. And that was such phase one, phase two Nick Fury that it just, we saw him evolve into that character in that moment. So I really enjoyed that. Brie Larson was fun, she was snarky. I really think she they're trying to kind of set her up as the new snarky hero where uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man has kind of been that for the Avengers throughout the first three phases though we do see uh, in the post-credits scene, which we will be talking about later, that that might not entirely be the case going forward. But she had plenty of snark in this film. She was fun. She, uh, had a lot of great character moments, and a lot of people going into this were saying, you know, she seems bland, she seems boring. I didn't get that from her at all. Uh, I also really liked how this talked about, or how this dealt with MCU history. There was a lot of strange, possibly retcons that I don't know if, and maybe this is just because I really like to overanalyze things and I could see how things could be misconstrued but also how they could fit in with the continuity with uh certain things changing such as the tesseract how did it get from uh tony's father to marvel back to shield but I think they they made that seem okay, Howard Stark fishing the Tesseract out of the ocean and then it ending up with Project Pegasus. Uh wasn't a huge leap in logic I I think because we did see that Project Pegasus was working with Shield. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff that I think could be addressed and could maybe not super easily but could fit into the uh, jigsaw which is the greater mcu history we also got to see cameos from colson i love seeing clark Gregg's colson and seeing the young uh fresh-faced phil colson with maybe his first or second day on the job showing his loyalty to nick fury i thought was great i loved seeing the moment where we got the twist about uh scroll colson in the car was really well done. And a lot of the uh, chase scenes, specifically the big chase scene where uh, Carol is chasing down the Skrull on the train and Nick and Phil are in the car trying to keep up with it gave me big Terminator 2 vibes when they're doing the car chase when the T-1000 is chasing them in the cop car and uh, the T-800 and John Connor on the motorcycle so I got that vibes I loved getting that 90's flair it really felt like at times a film from the 90's and I really enjoyed getting the I guess the uh, the cameo by the Tesseract in itself because Nostalgia, with again, with the Tesseract being such a big part of Phase 1, and it kind of leading into uh, Phase 2 as well, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good pull. People who are nostalgic, like me jumped at it immediately and were like oh sweet the the Tesseract like it's still a big deal and also that kind of being the source of Carol's powers I thought was interesting as well and not the way that I thought they were going to go with it kind of being the uh the secret to the light speed generator as well as the engine that gives carol her powers when she blows it up but again it kind of falls into the phase one you know the tesseract is this highly sought object and i think it worked in that regard um i don't think exactly that it could have been the uh, the big reveal, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, and speaking of reveals and twists, uh, Carol's origin. There were a couple twists in the film. I I don't think a couple of them were as surprising as they could have been. Like again, like I said, Carol's origin with her being manipulated by the Kree. I wasn't as surprised about, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. And her getting to that point was. A fun ride. Uh, also, the twist on Marvel that that I was surprised about. Uh, Marvel is in the film, and Marvel has been changed to a Doctor Wendy Lawson instead of I believe he was Doctor Robert Lawson in the original comics. But I didn't see a problem with it. Uh, Captain Marvel, as cool as a character as he was, and has great of a uh, I guess a progenitor to. Carol Danvers' whole story isn't really well known in mainstream today. when it, When it comes to the MCU, Marvel Comics, he isn't brought up a whole lot. When you think of Captain Marvel nowadays, it's either Carol Danvers or it's Billy Batson. So I didn't mind it as much. I wasn't a fan of how they killed her, just because of Marvel's big ultimate sacrifice in the comics. But overall, I didn't think it. Messed with it too much or tarnished the legacy of Marvel as a character because Marvel in this film was still a great character. She had tons of spunk. She was. Uh, keeping secrets, but also being a good leader as well. And then the twist with the Skrulls, that I was also surprised at. I knew that, you know, we were going to end up with the Kree being the main villains, but I kind of thought they were going to stick with, okay, they're both the bad guys and Carol's going to be, you know, dead center, caught in the middle. But turning the Skrulls sympathetic was a interesting and bold choice. Uh, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, I thought was fantastic. He stole a a majority of the scenes that he was in and he was just overall he was fun from you know his sarcasm and his snark up to also him uh having his silent interactions with fury when they're coming up to the atmosphere and fury's like is that supposed to be happening where well, they're experiencing turbulence and carol's like yeah you know totally normal space turbulence and then fury turns to talos and he just shakes his head silently it it was so good and Ben Mendelsohn was used perfectly in this film and I wouldn't mind seeing him again uh, but having the scrolls be sympathetic characters I thought was a bold choice surprising not the way I personally might have gone but I really enjoyed it nonetheless and it gave us a new original take on those characters I think it kind of throws a wrench in the idea that Phase 4 is going to be Secret Invasion though they did make mention that there are thousands of different sects of uh, scrolls littered throughout the galaxy so we could see like a religious uh, radical version of the scrolls that are completely separate from Talus's group kind of rise to power and, you know, spark the secret invasion which would be good but I think they're going to have to do some work to make the scrolls the villains again uh, another twist that I didn't see coming was Goose the cat I knew that there was something... Up with Goose the Cat, especially when they first introduce him and he's, you know, silently and kind of eerily watching as Carol and Fury go through the files. But when they started referring to him as a Flurgan, I kind of thought, oh, it's the same way with uh, Rocket and Raccoons. Like they look the same, but they're just different species. But it being an actual interdimensional character with, uh, these giant tentacles coming out of its mouth and being it it swallows up the tesseract swallows up the soldiers i thought was fun and it like i obviously was not up on uh goose as a character because he is in the comics so that was a welcome surprise Uh, another welcome surprise was the post-credit scenes like we talked about earlier the post-credit scenes i thought were great the post the second post-credit scene, the actual post-credit scene, I thought was fun. Uh, It's just Goose the cat hopping up on the desk and, you know, hairballing up the Tesseract, which, you know, does complete the circle and explains how the Tesseract got from Howard Stark to Marvell to Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. So I thought that was fun. It was a nice little after-credits, like, ah, little gag. But the mid-credits scene is important, and I think You really need to pay attention to that because it does come up, it comes up and, you know, Cap, Captain America, not Marvel, uh, Cap, uh, Black Widow, Bruce Banner, and Rhodey, War Machine, are back at the Avengers base, they're, old stomping grounds and they are just watching the death toll count up on screens while they're observing like just how badly the snap affected the earth and apparently after Nick Fury sent the page out to Captain Marvel and it dropped and he turned to dust someone found it I'm assuming Black Widow because she had a uh, she probably had her finger on the pulse on where Nick Fury was at if not all times most of the time they got the pager they found it and they know that for some reason Nick Fury knew what this was and the pager stops sending out the signal and so they all go up and they're like we gotta get it back on we don't know what's going around and they turn around and boom Carol's just there you see that time has uh, has affected her we do see her hair is much longer uh, her armor has different uh, small modifications to it like instead of the red shoulder now all gold shoulder and she's missing her jacket so stuff happened in the last I think this is supposed to take place in 95 I'm not totally positive on that but um if that is the case then it's been over two decades since we've seen her so time has you know worn itself on her she looks great for being it had to be you know 50 60 years old now but uh maybe not that old but i i thought it was great it was a great use of hey this is the teaser they turn around she's there and she's just like where's fury and it cuts and i have no doubt that that's going to be a scene in endgame because we already had the russos kind of do that with ant-man because they the very first ant-man the post-credit scene was uh falcon and cap holding the uh Winter Soldier inside of that clamp in the auto garage, and that ended up being a scene in Civil War, when they were finally able to track him down and rescue him from S.H.I.E.L.D. So, I'm interested to see where exactly that fits. I'm assuming near, pretty early on, because Cap still has his beard, and we've seen in uh, the two trailers that we've gotten for Endgame, that he's clean-shaven, haircut, and everything, so this seems pretty early or pretty recent after the end of Infinity War so it would not surprise me at all that this happens in the first you know 30 40 minutes of the film and that is i think a perfect kind of teaser to lead us into Endgame i thought it was really well done Uh, But overall, I loved the movie. I thought it was really fun. It's not the best. I wouldn't put it above like a Winter Soldier, a Ragnarok, an Infinity War, but I thought for what it was as a solo kind of origin story, not origin story, um, I thought it was really well done and I would put it in the same class as like those Phase one movies, possibly even like a Black Panther with as well as it's done to build that world with it kind of expanding the uh, cosmic that the cosmic MCU that we're gonna be seeing more of. But one point I do want to bring up, because I have it in my notes and we've been hearing it a lot, is uh, all the controversy that's been around the film. I think it's it sucks that this is, kind of being the film itself is kind of being tarnished with all the politics that are around it uh we have seen review bombing on rotten tomatoes for whatever you know whatever value rotten tomatoes has at this point and i think it sucks it sucks that uh also that brie larson in her uh in her case has also said some not great things on the press tour about um uh, i just i don't want to get too much into it because i don't want this to turn into a huge politics thing but my big takeaway from it is make up your own mind about it go see the film without any prior bias i try to do that every time i go see a film and regardless of where you stand on the you know captain feminism or the uh, diversity aspect or any of the other outside stuff when it comes to this film and the mcu try to come into this film without a bias and i promise you you will enjoy it more because this film is a fun film you have fun with it it's a great addition into the mcu yes we've seen this stuff before yes it's not breaking a whole lot of new ground but it's it's a great introduction to this character and it's a great platform for this character to not only be elevated but also to rise the mcu at a point where we're 10 years into this film we're 10 years into this film franchise and we it's it's going to be tough to tell new stories so i'm excited to see where this goes i'm excited to see uh where brie larson's captain marvel goes not just in endgame but further on past that as well um also also i have to bring this up stan lee uh the opening to the film the uh the mcu kind of cinematic opening that always goes in front of every mcu film replaced all of the normal marvel uh film history with a basically a a review of all of Stanley's cameos and who I'm getting choked up just talking about it right now. But, um, it really, it was a great, great tribute to him. Uh, after the, you know, after it shows the Marvel logo, it just shows a thank you, Stanley. And who it got me, it got me. I'm not going to lie. Um, started me off real emotional going into this film so um but yeah and then they had an amazing stan lee cameo where uh captain marvel is on the train walking through looks at you know she's trying to find where the skrull is and we see stan lee with a mulrat script which shout out to kevin smith uh that was a great call to him and I know, at least on Twitter, he said that he really appreciated that. So Captain Marvel pulls the script down from his face and sees that it's Stan Lee and she kinda gives him a knowing nod. And I loved that. I absolutely loved that. So um yeah, I really I really liked it. The only thing I will say when it comes to Stan Lee, I was really bummed out that uh Marvel seems to be using Stanley's Twitter to uh, promote films—it sucks. I don't like that. I don't like that they are basically, as uh, my good friend Andrew put it in a tweet himself, dancing, making this old corpse, you know, dance for uh, the Disney machine. I don't like that. I don't think that was a good use of his Twitter, and I, I can't, I can't support that but i can support the touching tribute to stan at the beginning of the film the cameo that he makes and i support that marvel realizes that they wouldn't be where they are without stan so i'll that's my piece on the uh the Stanley cameos and the controversy around that on twitter as well but uh yeah uh, like i said short and sweet review i loved seeing uh maria and monica rambeau as well uh knowing that monica rambeau might grow up to be photon or spectrum or captain marvel or whoever uh it was really cool as well so i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing more of her in phase four as an adult and going onward uh though with as good as the uh, the actress who played young monica rambeau was the adult monica is gonna have uh some tough shoes to fill in that one but overall, again, I really enjoyed the movie. It's fantastic, it's fun, the soundtrack is great, and I think you'll have a good time with it. If I had to give it uh, my Geek Explained arbitrary rating, I would probably give it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot of new ground breaking stuff in the film, but the chemistry between Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson is fantastic. The soundtrack is fun, the story is fun, and I'm really excited to see where Brie Larson goes from here with this Captain Marvel character. So that is gonna do it for this uh, Explained Extra. I'll be dropping this on the same day as our anniversary show on the 10th of March. So look forward to a double upload day. And that uh, that's gonna do it. If you thought I missed anything, if you'd like to tell me what you thought of Captain Marvel, whether you think I'm way off base or you agree with me, feel free to reach out at me at Geek Explained Pod, that's at Geek Explained P O D on Twitter. Give us a follow. Uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Feel free to uh, drop reviews for us as well on whichever podcasting platform you happen to be listening to us. And we will see you right back here on the same day, whether you've listened to the anniversary show before this or after this. I will see you for that and. Also, for uh, next week, which kicks off volume two of Geek Explained. So, once again, for Geek Explained, this is Eric Ozana. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Listen as your day
1: unfolds, challenge what the holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Love they may cause you tears. Your father read, trying to solve the puzzles in your old sweet time. Some may have more cash than you, others take a different view. Trying to keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead and release your fears. My. Oh. together.